Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Deep State Radio nerds, don't touch that dial. I'm Grant Haver, the producer of Deep State Radio and co-host of the Ukraine Daily Brief, where every weekday morning, Chris Kotnor and I walk you through the news you need to know about the war in Ukraine from the best outlets around the world, all in less than 10 minutes. We wanted to share our episode for today with you. We hope you find it informative and that you subscribe. Stay safe and stay tuned to DSR. It's March 11th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, the massive column north of Kyiv is regrouping after being stalled for days, with an expected assault on the Ukrainian capital coming in the next few days. Other areas like Lutsk, Dnipro, nivano frankovsk which have been spared of the worst of the conflict so far, are beginning to be shelled. Ukraine is attempting to unilaterally open five humanitarian corridors out of hard-hit regions today. Russia has not agreed to these routes and has completely unseriously offered routes from Ukraine into Russia where Ukrainians face uncertain treatment. On Facebook, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that 100,000 people have been evacuated in the last two days through humanitarian corridors. Today, the United Nations will hold an emergency meeting at the request of Russia to discuss its allegations that the United States has been manufacturing biological weapons in Ukraine. As we've reported, this disinformation has been bubbling up for days and is likely a cover for Russia's use of chemical and biological warfare. While the original position of China has been passively pro-Russia, Online, official Chinese government accounts and their proxies have been spreading Russian-fabricated conspiracy theories, including the false claim about biological weapons. Brett Schaefer, a fellow at the Alliance for Securing Democracy, told the New York Times that, I can't think of another active propaganda campaign by Russia that has gotten this level of boost from China. As the information war heats up, Meta is allowing users of Facebook and Instagram to call for violence against the Russian military, as well as Russian President Vladimir Putin and Belarusian President Viktor Lukashenko in some countries in Eastern Europe and Central Asia. Read the exclusive in Reuters. In my opinion, the war in Ukraine has put social media companies in a bind as they have consistently tried to reject the role that they play moderating and incentivizing certain types of speech. I hope that this spurs these companies to do more with regards to China's influence campaigns, especially around the genocide they're perpetrating in Xinjiang. It is a time for choosing, and it is vital that social media land on the side of democracy and human rights. Belarusian state media reports that Putin is set to meet with Lukashenko today in Moscow to discuss the war in Ukraine, among other things. Belarus has been a launchpad for the Russian military and may become a staging area for nuclear weapons as well, following a recent constitutional referendum. Former German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder met with Putin yesterday in Moscow. Schroeder has long been close with Russia, serving in a variety of roles with Russian companies following his stint in government. A readout from the meeting was not readily available. 
read more about the lead up to the meeting in Politico. President Biden is set to announce today that the G7 will be revoking the most favored nation status for Russia. This would allow for more tariffs to be put on Russian goods across the board. In order to follow through on this commitment, Congress will have to pass new legislation, which is expected to be announced today. The White House has rankled some members of Congress when they had language about the most favored nation status stripped from a government spending bill earlier this week. However, it now seems that this was done so that action could be coordinated with allies and partners. During Putin's meeting with Russian government officials about minimizing the impact of sanctions yesterday, Putin backed a plan to nationalize assets from Western companies who have left Russia. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the U.S. stands behind companies choosing to exit the Russian market and that the plan to nationalize assets would ultimately result in even more economic pain for Russia. In response to sanctions, the Russian economy ministry banned exports to countries that have committed unfriendly actions against Russia. The BBC reports that the ban covers exports of telecoms, medical, vehicle, agricultural, and electrical equipment, as well as some forestry products such as timber. The economy ministry also announced that wheat, meslin, rye, barley, and corn exports to the Eurasian Economic Union would also be banned to ensure that Russia had adequate food supplies. The director general of the International Atomic Energy Agency was informed by Ukraine yesterday that it had lost all communications with the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. This comes a day after the Russian-controlled site lost all external power supplies. While power has been reportedly restored, the director general was looking for confirmation as they looked to restore communications. Power is necessary for the plant to keep Chernobyl's nuclear rods cooled to prevent a future nuclear disaster. Jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny called for anti-war protests in Moscow and other cities on Sunday. Navalny indicated that protests by Russian citizens would put pressure on Putin and that the citizens should protest every weekend, stating that Russian citizens are the backbone of the movement against war and death. After much criticism that included delays at visa processing centers, the UK moved its visa application system online for Ukrainian refugees. British Home Secretary Priti Patel told lawmakers in the House of Commons Thursday that Ukrainians with passports no longer needed to go to a visa processing center before traveling to the UK starting next week. Ukrainians with passports will be able to get permission to come here fully online from wherever they are and will be able to give their biometrics once in Britain, Patel said. More than 1.4 million Ukrainians have crossed into Poland since Russia began their attacks on Ukraine. As there are no refugee camps, the people of Poland have stepped up, offering food and clothing at the border and opening their homes for refugees. However, with the war showing no signs of ending, people of Poland have called on the government to step up and do more. Polish government continues to claim that everything is under control. In Germany, Belgian authorities were overwhelmed with the number of refugees flooding into the country, causing delays in processing and confusion at the border. At this point, UN agencies have reported that more than 2.5 million people have fled Ukraine and a further 2 million have been driven from their homes within the country. On Thursday at a meeting in France, European Union leaders ruled out fast-tracking Ukraine's request to join the EU. While they remained united in their stance on the war in Ukraine, 
there is simply no precedent for a fast-track procedure, especially for a country already at war. French President Emmanuel Macron said that the EU must send a strong signal of support for Ukraine, but ruled out the possibility for the country to join the bloc anytime soon. The Iran nuclear talks are on the precipice of collapse over last-minute Russian demands for sanctions protection, according to two diplomats. One Western official familiar with the situation told Politico the Russian demands were impossible to accommodate since the negotiation in Vienna was about bringing Iran and the U.S. back into compliance with the 2015 deal and not about sanctions on Moscow. The costs of the talks completely failing would be enormous. Iran has been steadily building its nuclear capabilities as talks have dragged on. Recently, the International Atomic Energy Agency reported Tehran had doubled its stockpile of uranium enriched at 60%, close to weapons-grade level. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune in to our other podcast, Next in Foreign Policy and Deep State Radio, for further coverage. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.